Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the UK Film Review Podcast. I am your host this week, Chris Buick, and today I am joined by fellow UK Film Review critic, Amber. Hello, Amber. Hello, Chris. How's it going? I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Good, good. So today we are here for a special episode of the podcast, which is dedicated to the UK Film Review Festival that recently took place. Um, there are a lot of great films involved from a lot of very talented filmmakers across all the genres. Um, however, Amber, you and I are here to talk about the brilliant documentaries that were yeah. offered the weekend, aren't we? Absolutely, yeah. All of them are so different, but so good in, in so many different ways. So I'm excited to talk about them. Yeah, there was a wide range of subjects and styles and, you know, everything felt really unique and great. Um, so I guess that brings me on to my first question before we talk about the films as well. I just wanted to have a get a grasp of like how we feel as, about documentaries as mm-hmm. critics, uh, as a genre, and what makes a good documentary for you. Ooh. Very good question. <laughs> um, I and I so I think I've really over the last six months to a year I've really really got into documentaries a lot more. Um, so I was thrilled to be put on documentaries for the UK Film Festival. Mm. Definitely. Um, what makes a good documentary, in my opinion, is I think I I know a lot a lot traditionally have narrators, but 
I quite like it when it's, you know, straight from the horse's mouth, as it were. Yeah. Um, I like the personal stories. Um, I like that being the driving point for a documentary because I think those personal stories are what make the most impact. Um, but what about you, Chris? What what stands out for you in a documentary? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think when you have a, uh, when you're able to connect with the subject, regardless mm. of whether, especially when it's something you're not familiar with, and there's a when a documentary manages to keep you focused and intrigued into something you're not familiar with, uh, as a few of these ones we'll talk about do, um, that really key for me is to keep why do I want to learn about this thing or this person or what is happening? Um, and I also think that the a, a good documentary for me will keep me interested after and make me want to go and find out more about what I've just seen. Oh, yeah, um, you know, I'll then spend hours on Wikipedia looking for yeah. links and links <laughs> and links of what, and just going down that rabbit hole. Um, but for me, that's part of what makes a good documentary when it makes you actually think about it afterwards and there are definitely a few in this uh, camp that I that will touch on I think do that for me um so we are going to start talking about the films from the festival um so we're going to start with our first film which is uh called Burbishki so uh thank you to my friend Marek by the way who's Polish for the pronunciation (laughs) on that one I probably still got it wrong so apologies but um yeah so Babishki, um, directed by Maxim Ford. Uh, Amber, do you want to tell us about this one and what it's about? Absolutely. So Babishki is a small Polish village, um, which is near the border with Lithuania. Um, mm-hmm. And the film is about it's, about, it's just over an hour long. And it's basically um, a series of images and videos captured in Burbishki. Um, um, sorry if I'm not getting the pronunciation dead on, I'm trying. <laughs> um, it, it's just it, it, recording nature um, with the soundtrack and it, it, is, it is beautiful. Um, usually with these kinds of um, art films, I, I, I'm a bit hit and miss with them because my mm-hmm. attention span is not very good. Yeah. Um, so I think this was just a little bit too long for me, but I I really really appreciated its beauty. Like the cinematography was, I it was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I did with the music really well. So yeah, yeah, I agree. I think the cinematography in the film is excellent. It's absolutely mm. amazing. The the kind of scenes of nature uh, in all its forms and all its um, all seasons, all weathers, all that kind of thing it captures each thing and really in a really powerful and very uh, i'm trying to think of the right word but it kind of it really invokes a lot of emotion and i think the way the um, cinematography is done really is part of that i do slightly agree with you on the length i think it's a lot Mm. um um it's a it's a it's a long hour essentially for that kind of um presentation Mm. however it um for me it's definitely at the and the poster itself says it's an ode to nature and that's exactly what it is um yeah i feel like it's definitely a film that i would like to have on whenever i needed to relax or feel or get into concentrate because it's very soothing very meditative you know it's very much uh it's like i say evokes a lot of emotions and feelings and fiction kind of a unique headspace yeah, I really agree with you, Chris. I think um, I can imagine watching or even just listening to it 
um before you go to sleep would be really yeah. really relaxing yeah. um like kind of like a mindfulness type thing um but as well i think if you do choose to concentrate and and look at the images of nature i can imagine that that is also really really powerful um and you're right it is it is definitely a, a, like a homage as it were to nature yeah um, the scenes are just yeah they're be- they are beautiful it is an aesthetically pleasing film for sure yeah and i like the way it uses its music as well because obviously there's pieces yeah. of music from beethoven and grieg and stuff in there which really um the the choice of music for the certain parts and scenes and um whatever's being depicted on the screen is really married up really well and i think it's um mm-hmm. it's really well used it gets really like when you get to the more i guess quote-unquote violent aspects of nature that we see for the heavy rains and stuff then it goes into the more emphatic pieces of music and then it brings it back down so it's it kind of keeps uh um the tempo fresh i guess over the hour as well um Mm -hmm. it reminded me a bit of um fantasia you know like when you get that kind of um from fantasia when they had that sequence with the flowers and it's all colorful and it's changing through i just i like those kind of feelings where it's a like a like almost a collage of different things blending into one so yeah no that sounds amazing i haven't seen fantasia but you're selling it really well so fantasia is great you need to watch (laughs) fantasia and that i get kind of a vibe from that where it's almost like these depictions of it's essentially moving art and bits of art and that are Mm -hmm. blending into one and telling a unique story and this definitely tells a unique story of this town this place where I guess a lot of um, nature goes unnoticed generally, mm. but you take a minute to look, and you and this film really shows you that what is around and what and what how beautiful nature can be. Wow! Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Babishki. So now we'll move on to our second film, which is Holding These Moments, which was directed by Dan Ellswick. So um, I'll take the synopsis for this one. Um, so holding these moments, I guess, tells the story of a band, a hardcore punk band called Bane, who were formed in the mid-90s and were together all the way up to 2016, so over 20 years. And in that time, they gained a massive following and um, such a loyal fan base and toured pretty much non-stop for 20 years. Um, and this film basically follows the band on their last ever tour, um, as they've decided to finally um, focus on their personal lives, I guess. Um, and they start talking about how the band came to be and all the ups and downs they went through and um, and basically everything in between those in, in that 20-year span. So um, what did you think of this one, Amber? I This one really surprised me because mm. I didn't think I would be um, that bothered, but I really, really liked it. Yeah. I think if you if you like uh music documentaries because i feel like that is that can be a genre of documentary in itself yeah, definitely. and you're kind of familiar with that type of band culture then you will love this film mm. um i think I, I don't know about you chris but i hadn't heard of bane before right um but i thought like it was really really good how it was focused on testimony from them directly past present members um all the way through when they're when they're telling their journey um it it was really compelling i think if you if you're not into american punk or you're not that familiar with with that genre of music you get such an insight into the culture around it as well as mm. the the music itself um 
I really enjoyed seeing that almost like brotherly familial dynamic that the band members all had with each other and and mm. their super fans as well that be- that become their friends and I yeah I just thought it was it was incredibly personal because um they they go through the highs and lows of the experience of being in a band um for so long when as well so many things culturally change as well um I it was I just thought all of the um, video clips, photos, and interview testimony was just really, really good, um, and really emotive at times as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it, you can just, I think, just the passion that they had for their for their music, it it really transcends to the viewer. Yeah, exactly. I think I think that keyword there is passion, and that mm-hmm. is like it's evident from start to finish in this about how passionate not only they are as band members and what they're doing but also the people that they're fans and they're mm. passionate about the scene and um the music and what it means as that part of that community that they they've essentially created for themselves um yeah. so yeah I, I you were saying about music documentaries being almost like, i guess a subgenre of it on its own and um i i am one of those people that music documentaries i will eat those up all, all day long i want to um, watch more now because i feel like i've not seen that many but now i'm like yes give me uh, all of the music documentaries please uh, I, can, I can give you a few t- recommended ones um so we'll get to that but um hardcore punk though is not my thing um i, I so i i, I, I mean I, I like punk but i'm thinking yeah. more of your skater pop punk kind of <laughs> genre um i know what you mean yeah so uh, quote unquote mainstream i guess is what we'd call it um mainstream punk but um yeah. i do know i do know the type of people that this documentary is about and who it's for um mm-hmm. so my cousin Stephen, who uh, shout out to my cousin. Um, <laughs> he he actually owns a record label in Glasgow called Struggle Town, and he has been uh, involved for a number of years with these kinds of bands. So That's I've met amazing. I've met quite a few of these people, and what struck me when I first met these people is that the because what you see in the documentary is obviously the the craziness of the mosh pits and the stage yeah. diving and the, basically just chaos from the first lyric to the last one um but I, I feel like that's the kind of conception people have of this kind of music but actually the people behind yeah. it are what this documentary is trying to show and i think it does that really well oh, that's such and a point. Yeah. yeah it's a I, it's a great um tribute to that community because um really these people are just looking for a place to belong and express themselves mm-hmm. and that's and that's just how they do that. And they're not there to cause trouble. They're not there to do it because they want to, you know, cause a riot or do anything. That's just how they want to get out whatever they're feeling at the time. It's community as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. with, with, the, with, the, with like rock or punk or even heavy metal, like the, the it's like-minded people coming together and like all supporting each other. And that sense of community, I think the documentary does really, really well to emphasize, as you say. Yeah. Um, because they they support each other through really hard stuff. Um, I know one one of the band members he lost his mum in the during the final yeah. tour, and, and the way they all come together and support him, and you know they let him decide what he wants to do, and and they carry him through. The music carries him through that, but also they all carry each other through that, and it's it's just it's really 
emotive it's, it is yeah, you're, you're right that is a beautiful moment when they come together for him and you've got members of the band who've left years before mm-hmm. coming back for not only that but for their last shows and everyone's getting a turn because they've obviously gone through a few members over the years but mm-hmm. just that final the final closing chapters i guess of the film where they're all coming together for the final it, it starts to you really start to feel it and you start to feel well, this is the end of something huge for them yeah and era. yeah exactly and it's a it's a good tribute to because they're very clearly a hard working band to build what they've built and um uh i i know people in bands and i know how hard it is to have mm. that kind of life and creative drive and for it to be the one thing you want to do and that's all your body your mind really wants you to be doing in but obviously life pulls you in so many different directions and that's kind of what this film looks at as well is how following your dreams and all the things that can get left behind or you have to sacrifice to do that so yeah I thought I agree I thought it was really good like I say I'm not that into hard hardcore punk um so I was coming in with a similar kind of um you know uh, trepidation as to Mm -hmm. how I would react but I feel like it will really really could bring most people on board regardless of your stance so yeah yeah so um next up we have hope in the holy land so amber you want to tell us about this one absolutely so hope in the holy land um it was created by uh jesse slunts i hope i pronounced that right again sorry um so this uh documentary situates um an American Christian man, and he visits Israel and Palestine in the hopes to better understand the conflict between the nations. Um, and it he goes into the history behind why the nations are divided and how the land was split, um, which is really interesting, obviously, because uh, I definitely wasn't taught about that at school. Or, or no, me neither. Um, so it is very educational in that way. Um, and hearing from um, both sides, um, from the Jewish community in Israel and the Arab community in Palestine, um, there is a real balance to uh, the narratives that he's telling and portraying on camera. Um, I think this was really interesting because I hadn't seen something like this before. I think obviously because... Um, this kind of conflict has been in the news recently. Um, we don't really see the personal side to it, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, so going, not only going into the socio-political history, but also to hear first-hand accounts from why certain communities feel the way they do about the other was mm. really, really interesting uh, to me. Um, I think... My only, I really, I really, really enjoyed this documentary. I thought it was really good. My yeah. only um, hesitation with it um, was kind of uh, the, I don't know if it was, I can't remember the guy's name, but the, you know, the American man in the middle. Um, yes. I didn't feel quite right about it at certain points um, because him it didn't feel quite right to me having a narrator in this type of documentary Mm. um, because obviously he's got his own opinions being an American Christian going in and, and speaking to these people. I, there were 
for the most part, it was fine um, and really, really educational and interesting and um, emotional. Um, but there were some moments where I thought, okay, um, maybe like it would be better if he kind of took a back seat here. But yeah, uh, all in all, thought it was good. Yeah, I understand what you mean. I think the the gentleman's name is Todd Moorhead. Um, okay. So yeah, you are you. I think you are right. I think. It tells you right from the off that Todd is uh, an American Christian who has had, and quoting from the IMDb synopsis here, a deep love for Israel um, with an indifference towards the Palestinians. So I guess, and it's up front with that from the start, to be fair. However, it is, I think you're right, I think it is in the back of your mind throughout. Um, I I do think that the... The film does find good balance. I feel. I feel like it's it's there's good representation from both sides from a various number of sources, um, and you get a, a viewpoints from a variety of different people of different perspectives and opinions. Um, you, yes, but there is always that. Um, your when it's it's especially in terms of narration, like you said, there's always a uh, thing in the back of your head of where that's coming from. Um, yeah. And I, I don't. I think it. I think it. May, I think it goes to great lengths to make sure it is as um, level and as equal as it can be. And I think it does really well in that. But you are right on that. I do agree. Um, it's interesting what you say about the history uh, as well that you were never taught in school because I was. I was also never taught in school. But this yeah. is a conflict that has been going on for years yes, and years and years. Yeah. And yet, I, I, I personally going in know very little about the conflict as a whole and why it came about and um i know what and, you mean yeah. yeah it's yeah and you know that's maybe my ignorance but at the same time there isn't a lot of yes it's become more prominent in the news these days um yeah. but there isn't there isn't a lot hasn't been a lot as i was growing up a lot of knowledge and coverage about what was going on until no, i agree yeah for something that has been going on for well thousands of years at this point Mm. this kind of conflict and how um the land was constantly divided and redivided and population scattered um there isn't that much like information really Mm. if you think about it yeah um we only at the moment obviously we're only getting fed from the media of course but you've got to be really really careful with the information that you're kind of well this this is yeah, this is the thing these days, isn't it? You need to obviously there's the 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 need to try and educate yourself, but then there's a need to be be clear on where you're getting that education yeah. from, and you know we can have a whole discussion about that, obviously. Yeah. But I feel like this documentary for this subject matter, um, which is also also is a sensitive topic to take on for a film because it's a yeah. very volatile situation. So leaning one way or the other can. Um, can be whether consciously or unconsciously can lead to issues Um, but I feel like this is a good starting point and a good jumping off point for those who are not familiar with the situation to get a bit of information about it um, in a generally um, safe and unbiased way Um, definitely obviously with any of these things not just this documentary but anything like this the the um the responsibility is for the viewer to then go and educate themselves on the 
on the subject more themselves and try and see it from as many different sources as possible but I feel like this is a good start point for anyone who like hasn't got it hasn't really got any idea of what's happening I really agree yeah I think I think as well for a sensitive documentary it does like 90% of the time do a really really good job of being Mm -hmm. impartial Um, and I think what you're saying is really important about the fact that it is a starting point so by no means is it an end point so it it does Mm. encourage it should encourage the viewer to go and do research and and look up more and, and see what's going on and yeah that kind of thing I think yeah I think it it's strong it, it is strong in that sense definitely yeah because and um, just my final thought would be um because I, I read Jason's review on this film after I saw it and he makes a good point that it doesn't try and overload you with lots of information in two hours yeah. however it's it, it be, a, because it's probably it would be impossible to download like you say, thousands of years of conflict into two mm-hmm. hours, and B, um, that would be even if it if it did try, that would probably be irresponsible, um, and it just wouldn't work. So I feel like, yeah, it's a good starting point, but and well, pro- hopefully, urge people to go and learn more about something that we should really all know more about. Absolutely. Yeah. So, thank you for that. So that is hope in the Holy Land. Um, Next, we move on to It Gets In Your Blood, which, you know, I love a great film title that grabs my attention, and this was one of them. Um, So this was directed by Ed Hartman, and the shortest documentary we had on offer over the the, uh, weekend. Um, So It Gets In Your Blood is a a short documentary film that details the life and achievements of a man named Richard Lyford, who was... An American filmmaker and to say he was prolific is probably an understatement he made something like nine films before he was 20 and um, yeah so this so this film is runs at about 14 minutes or so like I say it was, it was the shortest one we 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 had at the festival documentary wise um, but in that even in that tight running time we there's a lot of interesting stuff to unpack here I think so obviously Lyford was a was known as a pioneer in filmmaking, as well as the use of practical effects. Mm. He uh, he went and worked with Walt Disney, and he won an Oscar. So you know he was he was a man not short of achievements. Um, what did we think of this one? I did like this one. I felt like it was very brief. Mm. It was kind of structured almost a bit like a YouTube video, which I did enjoy because I do like those kind of YouTube commentary videos, especially when they're to do with film. Mm. Um, But I, I think there could have, I wanted more. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Completely agree. Yeah. Um, Because what Ed did talk about um, was really interesting, but I wanted, I wanted I wanted some more. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't mm. think of any other anything else to say except that I wanted more. Um, I think I, I wanted to know more about <laughs> Richard Lyford and his like in his personal life as well as if his professional life and his achievements. Yeah. I think that would have been really it would have been really interesting as a feature length. Um, as kind of the other documentaries in this category that we've seen um really, really go into um the personal background of a creator and kind of how like how they've got to their success I think I would have liked that a lot more but I did like this film definitely (laughs) I did like it um 
it, it it's thought provoking um, in terms of how uh, Richard Lyford created his films. Um, but yeah, I would have liked a feature length. I think but that's yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah, I, I I mean I think I have to absolutely agree with everything you said there. Um, it's a very fascinating film. I I enjoyed it yeah. thoroughly, but it was over before I knew it, and there was part of me just sort of sitting forward and thinking what else did he do yeah. you know um <laughs> it's true it, it does it gets a lot of information in 14 minutes so it's not it's not oh, like yeah, it's short on that and it's all fascinating stuff and but it's almost like you say it feels like one of those it feels like almost like a greatest hits comp like show reel i guess yeah. of this it, it briefly touches on various aspects what I, and what I would like is obviously more detail, like what did you do at Disney, you know? Um yeah. more stuff yeah. about his practical effects and what he achieved and his Oscar and his time in um the Middle East and and um things like that. Um but what it, but what he does do um um is get across the importance of his work in an industry that obviously being film critics, you and I are very passionate about. Um mm. His, so his importance to the industry, the legacy he left behind, whether it's widely known or not. And I think it's a good film that would help put him in the spotlight and, as we've said before, encourage people to go out and find out more about Richard Lyford. But yeah, it does um, it does highlight his importance in the industry uh, that you and I obviously are um, very passionate about, the filmmaking industry. Um and like we've said before, it does what good documentaries do, which is make you want to go and learn more about a subject. And I think I've, I've, this is one of the rabbit holes I was talking about earlier where yeah. I go down and go and started looking for Richard Life as his work. And, you know, I've got now got films on my ever growing list of films that are his that I want to watch and see, you know, yeah. what he managed to achieve. So Absolutely. I, 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 I can't wait to, to see those. Um, so yeah, so that was It Gets In Your Blood. And now we move on to Three Wise Men, Parallel Lives. Uh, Amber, do you want to tell us about this one? Absolutely. Um, so Three Wise Men, Parallel Lives uh, follows three men and their parallel lives, essentially. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, it, so it follows three men and their significant contributions to history. Um, so it looks at, well, the documentary is told from the perspective of Dean Thomas, um, who is an Englishman, and he uh, is the founder of uh, True Tesla Technologies in Mauritius. Um, mm -hmm. So he talks about his origin story, um, and he also talks about uh, Nikola Tesla, who was a Serbian-American inventor, um, and also Amod Ibrahim Atica, um, who was an entrepreneur and technologist from Mar Mauritius, um, and their kind of scientific ideas um are kind of intertwined with uh, Dean Dean's kind of ideology, um, and yeah, it. I did like this film. I thought it was. Um, I yeah, I thought it was good. Um, I think the animation side of it, I really really liked. I thought mm. that was really really clever, um, and uh, kind of t that was tied in with. Um, Dean's life and the locations he's been to a lot of places around the world he's worked yeah. abroad um in lots of different places I mean what a life looks I know I fantastic know. <laughs> um so he shows those experiences and he's got pictures of his family as well it makes it very personal to him mm -hmm. from the offset which I I always do like that personal touch in a documentary yeah um and 
as well, when he's talking about Nikola Tesla and uh, there are reenactment scenes, um, and I liked those as well. They were really, really well acted. Um, and the way that the footage is kind of edited of the reenactment is really, I really liked. Um, the kind of the camera um, is kind of black and white footage, mm. um, and it kind of places their scenes within the era that they would have been t- taking place. Um, also, as well, um, with the personal story side of it, there are some powerful and emotional moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I, if you haven't seen, it, I won't do any spoilers. <laughs> but yeah, there are some really, really hard-hitting moments which I, um, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, I think I, there are some parts of the documentary that were a bit lost on me, um, just in terms of structure. I think um, it's kind of, for me at least, it was a bit stop-start all over the place. Um, and I kind of, I had moments where I was like, oh, so what just what just happened and what's happening now kind of thing. Mm. Um, but that, I mean, that was my only um, criticism, as it were. I thought, um, I, I did enjoy this documentary. I thought it was um, it was good to hear from Dean himself. Yeah, I... I, I... I, I think I, I pretty much agree with you again. I I did I did really enjoy this documentary. It does have that personal connection, obviously, with Dean telling his story and obviously the story of these other men. But with and but it's an interesting look at how the lives of three seemingly on paper unconnected men have basically, in some cosmic way aligned to have all of their paths um become one in a way i guess um yeah i very much enjoyed it dean like i say he's been he's been lots of places i i i started writing them down as he was doing it and (laughs) and i I just it got too many i think he's been to france monaco new zealand australia then to Wales and Croatia. So it's not like, Russia you know, Russia. Life, I, think. I think he went to <laughs> Mauritius. He's been Hungary, Mauritius. Yeah, he's yeah. he's had what quite the life. And yeah. it's a very interesting documentary as well as how informative it is about his subject matter, which is yeah. obviously about um, sustainability and, and our ongoing energy crisis on this planet. But it's oh, also, point. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like, that for me was something I could have seen more of, but I do appreciate that this is also a a, a look at these three men and their lives and their how they've all become um, intertwined, I guess, in this journey. Um, and it's also, especially from Dean's cases, I feel like it's a a, a good look at following your about following your dreams and going wherever life takes you and a a real sense of adventure because obviously like we said he goes lots of places and he just seems to go wherever opportunities take him and grab things and you know seize the seize the moment um but and i don't want to go into any spoilers either as you touched on there is a very emotional personal side to that flip side to that where there is that all comes at a cost and those kind of those kind of commitments to your dreams can sometimes mean um other things maybe are left behind. there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda-approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And I feel like in Dean's story, anyway, that was pretty... Um pretty powerful for me um the and I, I and i agree i liked the nikola tesla um sections and the Ach, Ach, account sorry i have pronounced on it Achia. um yeah. yeah um i really liked i really liked the sections and i feel like there's a good consistency throughout of how the film sort of blends into each other um and i do agree as well though there are some bits where it's sort of things seem to just like little story points seem to just get left and you then start something else and you're like, go, okay, well, what, what was what was happening there? What's happening now? I guess is for mm. me. Um, and I, and for the most part, I, I I agree. I loved the animations; they were great. The reenactments were good. I feel in parts two and three. In parts one, I felt they were a bit lacking for me. I just felt like it hadn't yeah. quite found its feet. But um, yeah, I apart from that, I, I did really like this documentary. It was fascinating, and you know really good look at these three men and how they've how their lives have somehow become intertwined and all relatable absolutely Um, i like what you were saying as well chris about the um the message that dean is trying to convey about following your dreams hmm. um i think that's that's really nice it was i like that the the documentary had an uplifting um message Mm -hmm. (laughs) i nearly said ending and then i thought oh is that a spoiler i don't know but now i've said it um (laughs) but (laughs) um but yeah no i think i really really like his ethos i think um yeah i'm jealous that he's been to so many places and i want to i want that for me um but yeah he's the message of the documentary is is really positive um and yeah i like that in a documentary um when there's when there's hope at the end um yeah. Yeah, me too. I, 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 everyone likes a happy ending, right? Um, Absolutely. <laughs> everyone likes a good. Everyone likes a good message, a good positive message. And this film, um, at its core, definitely has that. Um, like, like I said, there was obviously um, some more personal, um, emotional moments that um, play into Dean's story, but for the most part, it is very much about him following his dream and taking this adventure and where it's taken him and all the amazing things he's done and it's really interesting to watch um so yes so that was um free wise men so we're now going to talk about the united states of ellie tahari um directed by david serrero uh so ellie tahari for those who don't know um is an israeli fashion designer who came to new york um, decades ago with nothing but $100 in his pocket and has now become one of the biggest names in fashion. Uh, so this film tells the story of uh, from his childhood 
all the way up to so when he was in um, a refugee camp with his family, spent time, grew up in several orphanages, joined the Air Force at one point. And it's really an interesting journey of how he came from there all the way up to being one of the biggest names in fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, but And I really enjoyed this documentary. Before, in terms of the actual documentary itself, it's very well done and put together and really interesting. But what really struck me is how considering his status now, how humble uh, Ellie is and how modest he is about where he's come from and how just sort of down-to-earth he seems. Um, I found that... Because um, he, he's, he's a huge name in fashion industry and we see all these people talking uh, about him from models and massive figures in the fashion industry and all kinds of celebrities all singing his praises. and. Yeah, however, when you're when it's at the parts where it's just him talking, you, I just couldn't help but be <laughs> charmed. I guess is the yeah. word by him. Um, I was just at, and like this film has 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 many um, st- has, it changes up its style. It flits between the past and the present. It does things from behind the scenes at photo shoots to. Um, you know, interviews with the, the quote-unquote talking heads, with the celebrities and the icons, etc. But I honestly would have been happy if they just sat early on that couch and talked to him for two hours and I just listened to him talk. That would have been, that'd been <laughs> fine for me. So um, what did you think? I agree with you. I think he is a very charming man, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he, like, he comes across as really, really approachable and you could just... If, I, if he did a TED Talk, I mean, he might have done a TED Talk, but if he did a TED Talk, I would devour that i think yeah yeah. (laughs) he speaks so well and um yeah it's it's no wonder that he is a success um with his fashion brand um i think what what you were saying about how humble he is as well really translated for me too um and i think it will for any viewer um i just love how throughout the whole documentary the importance of family remains so consistent Mm. in his Mm -hmm. life and i mean it does ultimately shape his career and you really do see that even towards the end when he's when uh, we get to see one of his fashion shows and his daughter is there um and she's like oh well done you know i'm so proud of you that was amazing um and it, it it was just really really nice to see um the, that's that sort of personal side of a big brand name yeah. um, like Tahari um, and I, I love that that carries through from when he came mm. to America um, with not very much and he wanted to do well for himself so he could provide for his family Yeah. Um, and then he talks about how you know that is the American dream and I loved that um, yeah. I really really like this documentary I think um I love that kind of him share. I mean, it was kind of similar to the one we just talked about with Dean Thomas in a sense that Eli Sahari is kind of sharing his life lessons um, and whilst retelling his success story. um, And it is that kind of having the confidence to follow your dreams. That is a really positive message. Exactly. I agree. And not, you know, not taking no for an answer and always, you know, striving to do what, be proactive, do whatever it takes, you know, take initiative. And he goes from, obviously he's talking about his his childhood and he's now, you know, he's he's meeting and dressing presidential candidates and things like that, mm. you know. He's, um, but 
I love it though. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And but the the thing about his family, you're absolutely right. That's what because I'm just. A bit, I, this might surprise no one. I know nothing about fashion. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. And um, so it's kind of similar to the Bane documentary, holding these moments we we're talking about. Um, when you go in thinking, I don't know about this or that, you go into yeah. something, maybe you think, this isn't going to be for me. Like I say, I know nothing about fashion. So, but, you know, the way it, Ellie tells his story and the way the film tells his story for him as well in, in some respects really doesn't matter that you don't yeah. know about fashion. It's not about that. It's about, like you say, and I, I wrote this down as well, uh, the American dream yeah. come real um, as people believe it to be. And he is he has done that, but but never compromising his values in terms of family and also his consumers, because he al- he's always, and he says this a yeah. lot in the film, about how the pe- what the people want is important to me. If people are happy, I'm happy. He's not about the money. He's not about the fame. He doesn't care whether he's on a magazine or not. He just wants yeah. people to feel good in the clothes they wear. Because he yeah, makes clothes. I, for- yeah. No, I was going to Sorry. No, it's all right. <laughs> I love that. I, was, I really agree with you because it, when he's when there's other people talking in the documentary as well like big big names in fashion um and other women as well they were saying he really really understands women through the clothes that he makes and mm-hmm. i thought that was really interesting that the you know women were saying that um that he just he does he makes clothes for them to feel yeah. good and that i just in fashion and especially like western fashion i love that i, just, I mean yeah. i don't know anything about fashion but i just love that he creates in mind to make someone feel good in what they're wearing because you've got you've got to feel good in what you're wearing absolutely so. <laughs> i mean i i i as my wife will attest i have little care for what i'm wearing and she <laughs> may roll her eyes however i yeah it's um i agree and he makes clothes for both ends of the spectrum so it's not just yeah. the, the glamorous stick thin models that you know we all we often see in these absolutely. things but for um, and a lot of it, especially a, a lot of focus on the working women and, you know, yes. the, the everyday clothes that they wear. And, you know, that's what he's saying. He's he's not trying to make a name. For, he's not trying to make a name for himself. He just has because yeah. of because he like you said, he's understood what they want and what they need rather Absolutely. than coming up with these crazy outfits. You sometimes see at these things. So, yeah, yeah I really this is- yeah, this is this is what we were saying about what makes a good documentary is that we neither of us know anything about fashion and yet we've watched this and we're so inspired by yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I I really enjoyed it. I I yeah. like uh, I I think um, David Serrano made a, made a lot of great choices here and mm-hmm. keeps it really fresh. And yeah, I I really think it was it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so um couple of films left to talk about so we're going to move on to a film and talking of titles that will grab you um vegetable skin <laughs> yes <laughs> uh amber do you want to tell us about vegetable skin <laughs> of course so this was directed by uh, giovanni saletta and uh the film basically um it is just under an hour in length and it takes you through um it's basically he's created a showcase of um the works of the artist uh bruno Petretto, 
and um, the basically his creative process um, to make to making a work of art and the natural beauty that inspired hmm. um, inspired it. And again, this is kind of like um, Babishki in that it is a homage to nature. Um, and again, with this, with the sort of style, um, it's kind of like a video art documentary. Mm. Um, you can really tell the appreciation that Saleta has for the artist and the artwork. And then that is given to the viewer. Um, and the viewer gets to watch him create the work and his, his process, um, it, yeah, it, it's very, um, it, it's captivating. Um, I I think my personal opinion with films like this is that I do find them a bit slow. Yeah. Um, but I think if you're really, really into watching the artistic process, you'll really like this film. Mm. Um, what do you think, Chris? Yeah, I I, I agree. It's a, it's, it's a unique film in terms of its style um but then Bruno Petretto is a unique artist in yeah. terms of his style so I feel like I, th- I feel like it was very much a creative choice from the director to present this film in a way that I feel and Jason I think maybe said this in his review as well um kind of gets you into the headspace of what Bruno uh, portrait of the artist must feel when he's creating it's a very because it, you say it's a real celebration of nature much like Barbishki was and I think um, its use of um, sort of the mellow ambience and its music is really helps capture the kind of because <laughs> from what we see of Bruno he's very much a, a calm person he's he, he, I mean he's making things out of the skins of vegetables and tree bark and yeah. palms and, and but he's very much got a very really back style and attitude he just has this area that is his that he creates these things in and when he's no, no longer inspired by the specific material he's using he just simply just goes oh, I've had enough of that I'm going to move on to the next one and I feel like mm. the, the way the film is presented is kind of matches that kind of mood of his I feel like if it had been 100 miles per hour these are facts about him and these are all the interviews and things about him it wouldn't have really shown him reflected him as an artist i do agree however it is a bit slow and there are large gaps between bruno talking to us and what we hear about his story Mm -hmm. um which i would have loved to have heard more of but at the same time i was really fascinated by these things he was conjuring up and how he managed to use pretty much anything he that came to mind to make pretty amazing isn't it that he he just he picks up this this um and he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna use this now this is is gonna become part of the art um but i think yeah i mean i agree with um what you said in terms of um although it is slow you're right in that it is it does reflect um bruno's artistic Mm. talents and his process um, I think that is really important. And yeah, the appreciation that um, Giovanni Saletta has for his process, um, you can really, really sense that yeah. in the way that the film's made, definitely. Yeah, and um, there, there were aspects of the film style, for example, when the camera starts to go a bit hazy and shaky, it's yeah. it, it 
it's it's fine, but it does go on for maybe a, a tad too long, and it starts to become a bit jarring. And yeah. and then, um, like I say, there are there, these sequences between bits are are between other sequences are quite long, and sometimes they can, like I say, be a bit jarring and a bit. Um, you know, repetitive, and I so I didn't always click with the style, um, but for the most part, it was fine. Um, I really liked speaking of his artwork; those um, they were almost like vinyl discs with the mm. uh, bark in the middle. I really, really would like one of those. However, I have since looked up his artwork, and it is not um, <laughs> <laughs> fiscally achievable for me. Let's put it that way. Um, but um, and I want to touch on something on what our critic Darren who wrote the review for this said and that those those moments between the bits are slow and they're slightly longer it does give you what he what he said in his review as reflection time which I feel is quite nice and it gives you that kind of Burbishki feel where you could be it's quite meditative and you could kind of relax watching that I guess um that being said I did enjoy the documentary I I haven't got around to learning more about Bruno uh, Petrello yet, um, yet, but I definitely want time. to. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but it's definitely something I want to. I want to know more about. Um, if you, I don't know if you feel the same. Yeah, no, I think so. I think um, reading Darren's review and speaking to you as well, it, I am achieving more of an appreciation for his work, definitely. So I'm gonna. I'm, as we said, as we've said many a time throughout this episode, <laughs> going to get on Wikipedia and have a look. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And look, post-documentary research. <laughs> yeah, and like, like I, I think you're right. It's a, it's a, it's a good um, representation of what the man can has achieved and what he does achieve with what he does. Um, yes, there are some um, style choices that may not be for everyone, um, but I think we, all in all, it's a pretty good film, and we are. Uh, and I, sorry, I was um, pretty pretty impressed by it. Pretty pretty much um, on board. Um, so yes, so that was vegetable skin, which by the way, great title, love it. Um, <laughs> and finally, we have our final film of uh, our list here. Um, so we are here. We're now going to talk about a documentary called Her Stories, directed by Abd Al Qader Habak. And again, apologies for that terrible pronunciation. I'm sure. Um, so, as I actually wrote the review for this one for the website, I <laughs> rather than me repeating myself, I'm going to ask yourself, Amber, to describe uh, what happens in this documentary and uh, what you thought about this film. Okay, thank you. Um, I do, to be honest, Chris, I do love the start of your review when you say a word of warning, you're about to see the word incredible <laughs> a lot. Um, because I wholeheartedly agree, um, this film is sensational. Um, so Her Stories is um, a powerful documentary and it features three Syrian women and their different stories as they rush they wrestle with their social identity as well as their gender identity in a war-torn country. Mm. Um, it, it's hard-hitting stuff. I would actively recommend this film. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got three women. So the first one is a mother, and you follow her and her family leaving their home um, that they have raised their children in. Um, 
and then you've got a woman who is an asylum seeker um, in Le- and she's in Lebanon, mm. um, but then she uh, has to seek asylum elsewhere. Um, so she goes to the Netherlands. Um, and then the final woman that we see in the documentary is a doctor um, and she is on the front lines in Aleppo and she, you see her in uh, a hospital in Aleppo um, dealing with casualties that come in um, from the airstrikes. Yeah. Mm. And um, this, I absolutely love this documentary. Mm. I think it's really, really great to see a female perspective from within Syria Mm. and um, the struggles that Syrian women face um, and mother as mothers and as asylum seekers and as and as health workers. Um, I loved as well that it was directed by a Syrian as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I think just for it's just so um yeah <laughs> it, it took my breath away when i watched it yeah um it, i think there i love the structure as well of the documentary what mm. makes it different what makes it stand out um was that it's straight there's no narrator we bypass the narrator entirely mm-hmm. and it's straight from the mouths of these women everything that they speak about is their own personal experience um, there's no influence from anyone but themselves. It is completely um, personal, and it's it, yeah, it's it's really hard hitting stuff. I think there is a scene that stood out to me, um, and I think we, the rest of us judges that have seen the film, spoke about this as well. Mm. Is when the the fam- the first family are driving to leave their home, and there is. Uh, an explosion in front of them on the road as they're driving. Mm, um, mm. It, it, I think I couldn't quite tell what it was, but I think it was a plane that had that had crashed, um, which was it's really really chilling because the camera turns and then you know you see the children in the car yeah. thinking what what's happened, um, and they just have to keep driving. And I yeah it, it yeah this this film was just. It, unlike anything I've seen before, um, and really, really important as well to be seen. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, you know, what? I, it, you, you said everything, and I, I completely agree with. Um, so yes, uh, as you mentioned, I did preface my review um, by saying um, I'm going to use the word incredible a lot, yeah. and. The reason, so when I write reviews, obviously I, I take notes and I write down kind of sort of mm-hmm. lines of what I would write and, you know, little things. And the word, inc- I just realized I kept writing the word incredible over and over again. And yeah. normally when I get like that, I go, okay, Chris, you know other words, you know, you can, yeah. use, you can use other <laughs> words. Um, but I just kept coming back to that word and there wasn't another word for me that was apt enough to describe what it was. So how I felt when I watched this film. Um, so I felt I had to preface it because I, <laughs> I do use it a lot in the thing, but I, but I feel completely validated in using that word. I think, um, yeah, this, this film for, so I wrote the review uh, four months ago, I think, or something, mm. but I, I, I could probably honestly say I've thought about this film pretty much every day since. Yeah. It, it hit me in such a way that 
it just hasn't left my mind. Um, that's that scene you're talking about where there's explosion on the road. It happens in such an instant yeah. that you just for for a minute you pause and you think, what what is happening? What just here? Happened. Yeah. yeah. But, but what really struck me about that moment and several other moments in the film is how normalized this has become for them when yeah. they're looking at the point. warplanes flying overhead and you know things american planes and all kinds of things happening in their head mm-hmm. they're just pointing at it like you know they've seen something fascin something every day like a regular plane or you know something mm-hmm. and the fact that it's become that that's they've become sort of a normal reality to them really highlights what um the kind of world they have they have to live in day to day that and it's again something we don't get a lot of coverage for that isn't outside of the, that isn't outside of the media yes um, exactly. so we are we we get a we get a very small window into what life in syria is like and so and then so i want to touch on a few points you mentioned absolutely it's told by the from the point of view of these syrian women the film is made by a Syrian man you know these are people who have been there seen it all and have the stories to tell I do agree I love how it lets them tell their story it doesn't have any gimmicks it doesn't have any narration it's not got anyone speaking for them you have these three women telling their story in their words and it is so deeply personal and connecting that I just was I was enraptured from start to finish I just mm. couldn't believe it. And then, yeah, the 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 scenes in Aleppo uh, at the hospital where it's just absolutely devastated and they're just walking around. And that's where, like I said before, and again, I'm repeating myself, but the reality they have to live in is just astounding. And I feel this film is so powerfully made, so well made. And um, yeah. I just, I can't, I've got nothing, I can't overstate how good this documentary was. Yeah. And, um, I think as well, like, when when it emo- when a film like this, I know you kept, you, you, you're saying that you kept using the word incredible, but when, when, a, when a film emotionally impacts you like that and it's so powerful, it's hard to put into words, like, how, like, it's hard to write mm. a review on that. It's mm. hard to put into words, actually, how do I feel about that? Because you're you're just like it was so good. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. I, I mean, I yeah. Did you I read no other words? <laughs> did you read about the director before this and his sort of, I guess, moment of fame is really really underselling it. But they yeah. b- basically when he he so he spent um six years documenting. Yeah. the Syrian crisis and for those who don't know uh but in 2017 there was a car bomb in the city of Aleppo and he was there and he basically just threw down his camera and ran towards the destruction and managed to rescue a child from the mm-hmm. destruction and there's a there's a photo of him running with the child in his arms that went obviously went viral and was massive but that is but it just shows the testament of this um Al-Qadir Habak, the filmmaker, has been there. He knows what is happening and he is, the film is in the best possible hands to tell the right story in the right way. And I think full credit to him for it. And he really 
celebrates these women who, like you've said, fighting for equality as well as survival. Yeah. And um, they've gone through so much and they still will continue to do so, but there are incredible champions for women like them who are still in those situations. Absolutely. I And I love that he focuses on that as well. Mm. Um, it, it's so, I think... <sighs> I'm not I'm not sure how to phrase this but I think sometimes the perspective of women in certain situations gets a bit neglected or a bit overlooked yeah. mm-hmm. um so I think it's so great to actually focus on three very different women but they're all kind of and they're in different situations but within the same conflict um and it it's it's great to see how they tackle that and um yeah it's incredible as you said i yeah. can't think of another word no now. yeah it's it's brilliant um i'm full of praise for this film honestly absolutely totally agree um and you're right about the the role of women uh, in in such a society but in these things can sometimes be sidelined and yeah. he really brings them to front and center to show their importance in yeah, and the fact that they are um as much as much as they are victims, their strength that they have to keep going day after day in the situation they're in mm. uh, is <laughs> incredible, obviously. Um, but yeah, this film, amazing. Um, so yeah, so that is the last of our films we're here to discuss. Um, so Amber, you and I um, had the very difficult task of designing a winner between yeah. these great films and it was tough for me I don't know about yourself um, but it, and mm. it was a real pleasure watching them all but we have done it we have picked a winner and now we'd like to reveal the winner is Her Stories by Abd al Habak um, which obviously we've just touched on but mm. I mean Fantastic film, as we've already said. Um, I don't really know what else there is to say that we haven't already. Um, uh, any... I, yeah, I could talk about her stories and into the night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a fantastically. I know we're repeating ourselves, but it's a fantastically fantastic, powerful film that really again highlights the the seriousness of what's happening in Syria yeah. and the women who are essentially keeping the country afloat and the, and the other women in that country um giving them hope and you know opportunities um in a in a situation that severely mm-hmm. um restricts them in a lot of ways and this it's just a very very great well-made film that yeah. captures everything you need to know about it I don't know and the, yeah, and as yeah, perfectly summarized. Um, I think as well the uh, support networks that these women have created as well mm. um, to come together in solidarity and and to help each other in a time of crisis is is really moving and really also really really important to watch. Um, so if you haven't seen it do absolutely Absolutely. and the same with all of these documentaries as well I think what what's important um is that all of these stories have such a personal um impact in so many different ways the focus on personal 
narrative mm. um and with that comes community and you know it, it's just yeah all fantastic films i really really enjoyed watching them i don't know about you chris I've, I've had a really good time as part of this festival completely agree um being being one of the judges on this category um i, I think as you touched on at the start documentaries are fascinating looks into things you either are or aren't familiar with and what these eight films have done is given us a completely <laughs> like a lot of unique different styles and subjects yeah. and um ways of telling story and connecting with us on a personal level and they're all utterly commendable absolutely and yeah. it was a real um a real pleasure to watch all of them i know it sounds a bit cheesy but it genuinely was it was um, yeah it really was yeah, so um, thank you to all the filmmakers and um, people who put these films together and for sharing them with us. As we said, Amber, we've had a great pleasure of watching them. Um, so, yeah. Um, but our winner of Best Documentary for the UK Film Festival 2021 is Her Stories. Um, so congratulations to that film. Um, well, with that, I believe that is it from us. Um, first of all, again, thank you to all the filmmakers who chose to be part of our festival across all the genres and giving us the opportunity to showcase all these brilliant films. Um, thank you to you, Amber, for helping me with this unenviable task of judging all these great documentaries and discussing right, them you. with me today. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the podcast and it's talking about blast. these. Yeah, Great. definitely. Thank you for having me along again. No problem. And finally, thank you to all of you listening. Um, we do really appreciate your support. And please remember to share and subscribe to the UK Film Review podcast. Tell your friends, all that stuff. And uh, we will see you again soon. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.